8 o'clock, Mutiny Radio listeners. It's time for Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on MutinyRadio.fm. How very exciting. Uh, we had a really great happy hour, so we're going to clear the house, and we have a really incredible Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse coming up for you tonight. We have comedians as far flung as Atlanta, Georgia, and Phoenix, Arizona. Also, all the way from Santa Rosa, we've got a bunch of comedians and your favorite locals. Your favorite Mutiny Radio people. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. We're going to get back started in a little bit. Please enjoy these amazing commercials from Mutiny Radio. And we'll be right back with Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse, bringing you hilarious comedy every Friday night. Yay! Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak ceiling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. (laughs) Well, hello, boys and girls. You know what a password is. That's a secret word that soldiers would use to get past the sentry and up to the front. Well, here's a password that gets you up to the front in all the right places. It's cannabis energy. It seems the faster you go, the more cannabis energy you need. So if you want to win, you have to have lots of cannabis energy. And the swellest way I know to get it is just by using Green Army Skincare. Boy, they're just crammed full of cannabis energy. They're more cannabis energy units in one lip balm tube than you use circling the base ten times or when you ride your bike four miles across the city. And it's fast acting. Why, no sooner that you apply some balm to your mouth or pain areas, you practically feel the new strength in your muscles. And what's more, Green Army Skincare is a good, wholesome product. They're made with body-nourishing cannabis and other natural ingredients. So go out there today and pick up some Green Army Skincare products from your local cannabis procurement center. Join thegreenarmy.com. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to invite you down to Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco at 806 South Van Ness. Uh, we've got great food by our kitchen counter offer, burgers, tater tots, tachos, corn dogs, all sorts of good stuff like that. They're open from opening until 11 p.m. most days of the week, except Saturday. Uh, every Saturday night, we've got live rock and roll, some of the best local bands in San Francisco and touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m., rock and roll, only night of the week. We have a $5 cover charge, always 5 bucks for live rock and roll. We're open from 4 p.m. until 2 a.m., Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 2 to 2. Come on down, have some drinks with us. We've got Whiskey Wednesday, Tequila Tuesday, and we've always got the Steve McQueen special. Shot a bullet bourbon and a can of California lager for 8 bucks. Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open uh, in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shot. Drop by the bar, make some friends. Thanks, folks. Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District, San Francisco, California. 
with a happy hour every Monday through Friday until 7 p.m. Don't miss it. Go to Bender's Bar. Big supporter of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. Oh, yeah. It goes down. Come smoke with your boy. Grinder. Spark is San Francisco's premier cannabis dispensary with a focus on serving and educating patients for seven years. Spark is dedicated to creating the best in-store experience with its extensive menu, friendly staff, and one of the few cannabis vape lounges in San Francisco. Spark welcomes you to visit its two great locations as a medical patient or for recreational adult use in 2018. Spark is located at 1256 Mission Street between 8th and 9th and at 473 Haight Street at Fillmore. Both locations are open until 10 p.m. every night. Spark staff looks forward to serving you. Coming at these bitches and all these snitches hitting switches going back to riches. Rainbow Grocery, a worker-owned and operated food cooperative located at 1745 Folsom Street in the Mission District of San Francisco. Let's hear what locals have to say about Rainbow Grocery. Their bulk section is dope AF. I love their their variety of cheese and home decor items uh, and this of unique items that you can't find anywhere else. Their cheese section is insane. I love Rainbow Grocery because it's the number one grocery store to shop at when you're having a potluck and need to fulfill everyone's dietary needs. They don't have meat. Rainbow Grocery Cooperative, an amazing San Francisco staple since 1975. For all your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to timstesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bare exoskeleton Contessa. And check your horror horoscope on Horoscopia. Updated every three parsecs. Timstesseract.com Timstesseract.com Hey, you're here! It's 8 o'clock, it's time for Pimtastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio, yeah! <laughs> Yeah, things are weird tonight because I'm I'm sans door guy, so we're all gonna have to be super honest about the door or whatever. I'll sit there and we'll all be fine. Everything will be great. Uh, I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. There's a lot of people outside. There was a very successful open mic that just happened. Uh, I had a very successful date. I don't know if I should call it that on Sunday. I don't know if it was a date or not, you guys. Um, I was brought over to his house uh, in the Castro, beautiful, great view. Uh, we made French toast together. It was really lovely. Um, and then we made a fruit salad, very healthy. 
uh, walked to the park together, held hands like the whole time. So cute. What a gentleman. Like just so amazing. Never fought with me, never an argue, listened to me, treated me like I knew what I was talking about. You know, like it was like, oh, no, there's a car. Oh, be careful. At the park, I didn't even have to wipe his ass. Uh, here's the thing. He was four years old. <laughs> this is not... I don't know if it was a date. If it was a date, I'm a prostitute because I get paid 100 bucks to hang out with this amazing little human being. What an amazing day. So many manners. I didn't know they were still teaching those to children. Uh, he has two mommies. Someone's doing something right in San Francisco. What a great date. <laughs> so cute. Uh, I do touch baby dicks for money. That's a thing that I do. Um, but, you know, you can't worry about it too much. I, I'm, a, I'm a nanny, and I hang out with small children. And when an 18-month-old child's parents decide that circumcision, his choice, his decision, I'm like, high-five, parents. Let's get on board. It's great. But you got to clean it. You know, then you have to touch their penises and clean things. But actually, you don't, because if you put a... 18-month-old boy in six inches of water, he will play with his own dick. <laughs> they, like, they like come with that strategy. Like you don't have to teach them in any way. They just do it themselves. Just put them in water. It's very easy. I, I do, I'm, people are like, oh, wow. Like we usually when I'm hanging out with small babies at the park or whatever, they're like, wow, you are in great shape. Like what, when did you have this baby? And I'm like, no, it's not. I'm doing like nanny core 2.0. You know, like when you're walking up the hill, you push the stroller away from you and then you move your hands the other direction to get the traps, you know? And so you're like, yeah! Lupita, Consuela, pick up the pace. We're all on meetup. We're working out together. Come on! Yeah! We get to the top of the hill where the park is and it's so beautiful. Uh, for me specifically, because if you've been working out for more than 20 minutes, your body starts to burn fat. And if you smoke as much pot as I do, your body starts to burn fat, which THC is laden with it. And I get high. <laughs> I don't even have to smoke pot in front of the kids. I feel like such a good nanny, right? Like I'm at the time like, oh, it is so beautiful up here and the birds and the... such a great day. And I stay so thin because nannies have a special diet. We're only allowed to eat what the kid doesn't eat, right? So I eat like three strawberries, half a cheese stick. And what I learned is that you let them, you don't let them eat their yogurt first. You, you take your half of the yogurt first and then you feed the child. That's gross, you never eat. Like I'll show yogurt with my cat, but not with an 18 month old child, that's gross. <laughs> you know, like I share ice cream cones with my cat because I love him and I get paid to hang out with small children. Uh, what's, what's the difference between a nanny and a mommy at the park? What's that? There is no difference, they're all on their cell phones. <laughs> no one is taking care of the children. They're just all running around willy-nilly. Even the dogs have cell phones. Like, I don't know who's taking care of the children, just me. I'm too busy planking, trying to keep my core straight, you know what I mean? Nanny core 2.0, yeah! I'm popular, I just got a ding-ding. Uh, I, have a, I have a dumb phone. Uh, it doesn't connect to the internet, and, uh, and that's a thing. So, uh, but one of my small children, she came up to me and she's like, Nanny Pammy, when you become a real person and you get a smartphone, <laughs> like, I'm not a real person. She's like, now you're not real. Uh, she's like, are you going to get the Musical.ly app? It's <laughs> like, Daria, my darling, you're 11 years old. And she said, I have 70 followers, followers on the Musical.ly app. And I'm like, are they friends of yours? Do you know who these people are? And she's like, oh, I don't know, they're just followers. And I'm, 
who would want to follow a 43-year-old woman on Musical.ly unless I was showing a little nip, you know what I mean? Like, I gotta bring the girls out to play or show a little, like, but that's a problem. She's dancing with her pants and they say juicy on the butt and she's 11, so, like, what are her followers doing? That's gross. <laughs> Sorry, I don't, I don't understand the internet. I try not to attach to it very much. It's the future is now. Uh, I was with two twin four-year-olds not too long ago, and uh, they were so cute, you know, and I like to foster creative play because I don't like screen time, and I'm all like, oh, gross. So they tied me to a desk chair with yarn, and then they put tape over my mouth, uh, and then they got out a laser pointer, and they brought it to my hand, and they were like, I'm cutting off your hand! And <laughs> I locked to foster creative play, so I was like, ow, ow, that hurts, that's crazy, what are you doing? Ah! So, but I taped, so I was like, blah, blah. <laughs> and, and then they take the laser pointer to my foot and they're like, oh, I'm freezing your foot. I'm like, oh, it's so cold, it's so cold. Creative play is so fun. Uh, and then they take the laser pointer and they put it up to my chest and they're like, I'm breaking your heart. <laughs> I was like, Daria, you need to stop, okay? Society has broken my heart. What game are you guys playing of your own volition? And they're like, police state. <laughs> what did I do wrong? Why am I tied to a desk chair? And they put their little four-year-old heads together. And they come back. You stole a laptop. <laughs> You're cutting off my hand because I stole a laptop? Like, what kind of Islamic police state is this? And they, they looked at me straight in the face and said, if you were black, we would have shot you. Like, ah, police state, it's too real. They're four, how do they know it? Because they all have iPhones. They're actually watching porn at four years old now. You don't even know it. <laughs> They're like, what's this, mommy? It's like, that's a butterfly made out of thickly sliced roast beef with two, so I, don't, I can't talk to your other mommy. Uh, so uh, I'm really a feminist and I'm super into equality and I feel like there's a really easy way to bring equality uh, to the screen because PG-13 movies show side boob, right? You could have 180% side boob, no nip, right? 180% side boob, totally PG-13, totally fine. No one has a problem with it. And what I say is let's bring quality in and let me see some side scrote. So it, it, we're still we're, we're covering all the genitals, like there's no nipples. So their 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 balls maybe are cupped in their hand, and their dick is hard, so you can't see that. And all you see is just some lovely hairy, maybe not hairy. I don't know what they're gonna do with it. I just want to see some. I just want What I want is for there to be like a really great way for old actors like Nick Cage to come back in like a Martin Scorsese film, right? Where like he's coming out of a pool of water and um, like his balls are still in the water and like he's on the steps and his dick is in front of it. And you see like this stained glass, like beautiful, like veiny side scrot, you know, cause it's so long and amazing. And we just like admire that side scrot for equality. Can we, are you guys on board? No, you're not. <laughs> Uh, San Francisco people, I'll, I'll end with this, uh, talking about equality in San Francisco. San Francisco people, sort of, the uh, Bay Area, you don't understand the plight that I'm gonna talk about. <laughs> on 
January 5th, we get to vote in a new mayor, and they are talking about important things like homelessness and poop on the streets and fair housing and all that stuff. But they are completely missing the issue that we can fix right fucking now, all right? There is one in and out in San Francisco. There is one fucking in and out, and it is at Zabal for the fucking tourists. There's not even a drive-through. It's a seven by seven place with a million people in it, and we have one motherfucking in and out. This is a solvable problem, San Francisco. Get on my platform. I say more in and outs in San Francisco. I say happiness and joy for all that live here. You have to go all the way. You can't even get there on the BART. You can't even do it. You gotta go all the way to Daily city you gotta get off the bar you gotta get on a bus it takes you like three hours to get a fucking hamburger this is insane i say bring it here now london breed <laughs> fucking amy farrowaisa those are some of the people that are running for anyways thank you guys for listening to my jokes we sing a little song before we start this fandango and if you know how it goes sing along with me M-U-T-I-N-Y, comedy, clubhouse, comedy. Clubhouse. Comedy. Clubhouse. Together we will bring our jokes up high. High, high, high. I don't cough anymore because I have a vaporizer. Yeah. M-U-T-I-N-Y, comedy, clubhouse. You want to come inside my clubhouse? Yeah. Yay. Yay. Oh, I messed up my own book. Your first comic tonight, he comes all the way from Santa Rosa. I think he's still outside. Santa, there he is. Santa Rosa. Hey, everybody, put your hands together for Chris Ferdinand's Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you very much. And when I don't get carded, when I don't get carded, I think it's super irresponsible. Because I could be 16. You know, like, I look like a stressed out 12-year-old. I look, I look like a 12-year-old who's gone through two divorces. Like my parents loved each other and then stopped, and then loved each other again, and then stopped. That's what the bags are from, baby, baby. I want to move to China to tell everybody I'm Michael Sarah. Just live off that for a while. Just, just do a one-man show somewhere, like memorize Juno, you know? Make enough money to support a wife and children who know me as Michael Sarah. They'd be like, have a good show, actor Michael Sarah. I'll be like, thanks, guys. And I'll be like, thanks, guys. Keep up the marouge, baby. Gotta keep it up, man. Keep it up. Shit, dude. I think uh, I care a lot more about other people's birthdays when it gets closer to my birthday. Like, if, like, my birthday's coming up. Like, if your birthday's after, like, in August, I could give a fuck about your birthday, dude. I could give a fuck. But if your birthday's, like, in April or March, I'm like, happy birthday, dude. It's a big deal. It's a big day, all right? Remember this shit. It's a big deal. Big fucking day. I don't want us to forget as a people that Obama weighed in on rap beefs as president. He let us know that he liked Kendrick more than Drake, which I think is fucking dope. Because that means he could be working at the White House and walk past the Oval Office and be like, is that bass? Is Obama fucking blasting fucking rap in the Oval Office right now? Fuck yeah, dude. But I bet for his first four years, he would listen to headphones. And after he got elected again, he's like, turn this shit up, dude. Turn this shit up. Bring me a joint. We're doing this shit right for the next four years. We're doing this shit right, dude. The first president to ever listen to rap music, I think. No, that's probably wrong. Bill Clinton probably listened to rap music. Bill Clinton, for sure. 
fucking getting blowjobs, smoking pussy cigars in the Oval Office. Fuck yeah. You can't do that shit to Counting Crows. You can't do that shit to some regular ass shit. You gotta be listening to some Biggie Smalls for that shit, dude. You gotta be doing that real rap shit. I wish Bernie Sanders was our president. During the election when, when Bernie and, uh, and Trump were running uh, together and I thought it was maybe gonna be between the two of them, I was like, man, I just want Bernie and Trump to just do mushrooms together one time. Just one time, because I know at one point, one of them would be like, fuck, dude, let's just both be president. Let's just both, let's just both do a dual presidency. And even though it didn't happen, that should be a reality show. It should be a real reality, like they would sleep in bunk beds. They wake up in the morning, like Trump puts his head down, he's like, you ready to go, Bernie? Bernie's like, fuck yeah, dude. And they high five. And then that's the beginning of the show, and then you just let the, you let the crazy shit happen. It'd be fun, it'd be a fun show, dude. But th- I want Bernie to be president, but think about how much Obama aged in his eight years of his presidency. Could Bernie handle one of those fucking years? If he made it through four years, I'd have to set him up like Stephen Hawking, like have shit like hooked up to him and like talking for him and look how that worked out. Okay, he had a good run. Stephen Hawking had a good run. And he said a lot of important shit. He was a real ride or die. Cause he rode and then he died. Beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. He made it through eight years, two fucking elections, which he probably would, Bernie Sanders. Fuck yeah. We'd have to give him a full fucking Vader suit, man. Just set him up like Darth Vader Sanders. Our second black president. He's so fucking tight. He's so fucking good. I um I broke up with my girlfriend recently. It's a good thing. Are are you on her side? She might be listening. Are you on her side? <laughs> What, what, what did I do? I broke up with her because it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do. Before we broke, uh, after we broke up, she was like, did you cheat on me? And I was like, no. And then she asked me, would you tell me if you did? And I said, you should have reversed your questions. Because it, it could have confused me. <laughs> She'd be like, would you tell me if you cheated on me? I'd be like, no, yeah. No, no, I wouldn't. No, no, I wouldn't. Tell- I mean, yeah, yeah, I would, I would. And then she'd be like, did you cheat on me? I'd be like, yeah. Yeah, I did. I did. I tried to cheat my girlfriend like Beyonce and shit. So when I found out Beyonce got cheated on, I realized I'm doing such a great fucking job at treating my girlfriend like Beyonce, dude. It's fucked up. It's really fucked up. Uh, yeah, yeah. I like rap music a lot. I like Lil Wayne lyrics. You guys like Lil Wayne at all? Lil Wayne's pretty cool. Lil Wayne has a song where he's like, uh, I can't trust my iPhone. I think Siri's a bitch. <laughs> And on the same song, he's like, I'm on them shrooms. And I'm like, that's who I want to do mushrooms with. Not a bunch of fucking college kids in the woods talking about our feelings. Let's fucking <laughs> do fucking mushrooms with Lil Wayne in the studio talking about how Siri's a bitch. That's exactly <laughs> the type of <laughs> mushrooms I want to fucking do. Keep the show fucking rolling. Give it up for the host, everybody. Keep it going for Pam. Chris Ferguson, hot takes about the future. Yeah. Siri, I um, with my small children we play with Alexa and that's fun. <laughs> I'm like, I'm Alexa. That's what we say now. Alexa, tell us a joke, and it's always something really dumb. Like, um, this is this is the joke I want Alexa to tell, but it's my clean joke. So SpongeBob SquarePants walks into a bar, and uh, he asks the bartender, like, Hey, can I get a drink? He's like, Yeah, whatever. And there's a cute girl sponge next to him, and he's like, Hey, can I get you a drink? And she doesn't say anything. And he looks at the bartender and he goes, like, what's wrong with her? And he says, yeah, don't worry, she's just a loofah. 
clean. <laughs> and it's clean. I never do clean there. It is so clean. We're going to clean it up. Uh, your next comedian, what a funny guy he is. He runs a show here every Sunday from 4 to 6 p.m. on uh, called Getting Sketchy, where it's an awesome open mic where you guys can get as sketchy as you want. Get Swifty. It reminds me of Swifty by the Rick and Morty. Take a shit on the floor, get Swifty. But it's getting sketchy. Uh, put your hands together, everybody, for David Stolowitz. Yay! <laughs> Sorry if I'm a little jittery to San Francisco. I did like 20 lines of Twitter before I got here, so I'm still kind of shaking. Uh, um, my family has been pressuring me to become a teacher, which I feel like these days is a polite way of saying I hope you get shot. You, you feel me? <laughs> like, at least if I was in the military, I could get paid enough to live off of for that danger. I don't know, my brother is in the military. You know, he's this cold-blooded state-sponsored terrorist, but he's American, so it's cool, you know? <laughs> You gotta compromise. Uh, that's what I've been told, anyway. Um, so, yeah, I went to go see him, and he's got one daughter and uh, another on the way. My dad tells me there's never a right time for invading the Middle East, so. <laughs> um, do you think people of Marijuana Anonymous have a higher power? Is the Antichrist getting into beast mode? Um, do Chinese people get jaded? Do dragons get heartburn? And if a tree falls in the woods and there's no hippies around to fuck it, does it leave a carbon footprint? <laughs> I ask myself these questions late at night. Uh, my boyfriend is so gay, you guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's been the tag lately. Like, I have to start writing for that because it just keeps coming back. Um, how gay is he? He looks like a, a short Mexican version of Bob's Big Boy, like with the hair <laughs> fading. He wears pink underwear, but he pulls it off sometimes. He's, he's just charming. Um... He sucks in a good way. What can I say? <laughs> it's good. Like, I really love him, and he really loves me, and I have trouble, like, conveying to other people that it's about love and not just butt sex because they get hung up on that, you know? And I get it. It's a major thing. Like, you spend a lot of time as a teenager thinking about butt sex, and actually this gets in the way of my relationship. Um, but, you know, then you people just go home and you eat nutter butters like nothing's changed. <laughs> Yeah, dipping dirty. I can't decide. Like, some comedians are dirty and some are clean, and I'm just schizophrenic. <sighs> like, I used to have an angel and a demon on my shoulders, but I got too much dandruff, so they both left. <laughs> I really have no idea who I am at this point. Um, yeah, let's see, a little about, about me. I used to do methamphetamine, but I quit when Breaking Bad ended. <laughs> Seemed like a good time for it. That's a lot like Judaism. Wonderful highs, terrible lows, but most of the time you're in purgatory. Boy. <laughs> my dad's a Jew, my mom's a Scot, so I'm just Jew-ish. <laughs> it was very important to my dad I'd be raised in this defunct religion he doesn't really believe in. Tradition! <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, like, I, when I got into comedy, I got informed that I was out of the Jew club because of my mom. But it, like, it doesn't stop all the anti-Semitism, because people still look at my last name. And it doesn't matter if you're like half, full, a quarter Jewish. We're all ending up in the same gas chamber, you guys. <laughs> Any Semites don't play Jew games, okay? <laughs> I could just see it now. We'll all be lined up, and right before the all right shoots us, the guy next to me will turn to me and say, I just want you to know, before we die, you're not a real Jew. <laughs> Solidarity, yeah. Uh, I have nothing against the Christian religion. Really, it's nothing to get hung up on, you know? Uh, (laughs) 
I'm sick of the hypocrisy. Everybody is. I think people know what it's really all about, and you don't need a lot of rituals for it anymore. Like, I went out to this cool, uh, like, cemetery with my friend Pat. She was visiting her dead husband, and it was just, like, stone cross after stone cross after stone cross, and then, like, the random Japanese war memorial. I don't know what that was doing there, but, like, I, I wonder if I'm just going to end up as another one of those stone crosses. Like, in a hundred years, people are be like, was he part of the Donner Party? I'm not sure. <laughs> That's where they ended up, apparently. I didn't know this. The more you know. San Juan Batista, yeah. Um, I live on a gay commune, uh, Morgan Hill. We call it Casa de las Jotas. Jota is Mexican slang for gay dudes. It's a letter J in Spanish, as in jalapeno. And uh, the reason they call us Jotas is it was cell block Hoda in the Mexico City jail where they used to lock us all up, which never made any sense to me because that's like speed dating for gay guys. <laughs> Especially if they have a prison finish. You know? Get down, Beecher. Okay, Chris. I know. You got the reference, yay! <laughs> High squeaky solidarity from Pam Benjamin. Give her a hand, you guys. <laughs> I love prison sex. Uh, <laughs> I might love it, but I don't want to find out, you know? Uh, so there's this uh, three-story apartment building in the hate. First story is hippies. The second story is anarchists. And the third is skinheads. A fire breaks out. Who survives? Skinheads, they were at work. <laughs> you know what's red and orange looks great on hippies, guys? Fire. Fire looks amazing on hippies. They light it up, they dance around. It's like Burning Man, but cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're hardcore hippies, too, and I'm not. Come on, I grew up with this stuff. I hurt you because I love you. That's what my uncle told my aunt before he killed her, anyway. Uh, <laughs> Dark humor's like food. Not everyone gets it. I'm okay with that, but uh, you know, it sucks because you never win any comedy competitions as a dark comic because people feel like voting for you would be morally wrong. Like they're like, you know, the devil was really on fire tonight, but I just, I can't do it. I can't. can't get behind that. Uh, um, so yeah, fire. I, uh, I'm really excited about the show I'm producing at an ex-con bar in Capitola. Anybody know where that is? That's the idea. Nobody knows where it is, so they have some peace. But uh, yeah, I used to do comedy there. We had some good times. I always remember that one show where those two girls showed up on meth, screamed at each other during my set. We just need to charge the scooter, then we can leave, okay? Get the fruit juice. Let's go. <laughs> <sighs> they tried to go to rehab, but they said, no, no, no. I. Oh. Uh, I'm not that impressed with suicide. Like, I don't feel like it's the bold, brave decision in a cruel universe. Like, I would have liked to have seen what people would have done past the age of 27. I feel like it's a little early to cut it short. I don't know. Because, like, I'm totally reevaluating everything in my life in my 30s. Like, I can't even use my nerd humor anymore because Charlie's the only one who gets it. <laughs> uh, I used to really enjoy taking care of autistic kids. Like, um, you know, I would help them scare off their demons, especially during toilet training. Like, we get them in the bathroom, and they were convinced that there was a potty monster, and that's why they had to keep going inside. So I'd take a plunger and fight that thing off. I slaughtered it. It was good. <laughs> and, you know, you learn a lot about uh, human nature working with kids. Pam's right. Like, I remember th the little kid just going... <laughs> I would just go right back to him. 
you're right, this is very serious, funny business. And we just start a staring contest until somebody broke. <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> My record's like four and one at this point, I'm pretty good. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, comedy sometimes, we, we forget it's supposed to be fun, right? We're all trying to get booked. We want to get paid. We want respect from our family and friends and the government to stop wiretapping us. So, you know, it's okay to have goals. It's just they're relative. Like, this guy was reminding me about that the other day. Um, I don't know. But it's like I still want to get up at the punchline. Maybe it's not the end-all, be-all. But, you know, I really want to get into that club. I just wish, like, I was still single and I could blow people to get ahead. Because, like, the punchline manager is gay. That'd be really useful right about now. <laughs> Shave off six months, you guys. No, I don't know. I'm four months in, and, like, now I just realize you have to pay for it. I don't know why they've been letting me in for free all this time. Maybe that's their joke. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, but it's cool. Um, I remember one night when Dave Chappelle showed up there, and I happened to be on acid before he was going to be there. And uh, I was looking around, Chad Opus was going to give me a ride, but he disappeared and went off to Milk Bar through the back door. I didn't know about this. So I'm just dancing around. I'm watching everybody, like, fly around in a frenzy, trying to get ready for Dave Chappelle. And Ron or somebody was just barking at his oars, like, when Chappelle wants to pee, you let him pee. If he wants Cheetos, you find Cheetos. If he wants a fucking giraffe, you find a fucking giraffe! And it's just like... What's going on? I mean, he's a human being, just like us. He put in his time. He went through all of it. So I just start busting up because on acid, this is hilarious. Then they're like, who's that? Who thinks this is fucking funny? Who's laughing? It was me. I was behind the curtain, but not quite out of the building. Anyway, I got kicked out of the building as Dave Chappelle was coming in. And I still didn't meet him, you guys. I could have gotten a signature. It would have been tight. I have things to get off my chest. Have you noticed this? You've been a patient and listening audience, San Francisco. Thank you so much. You have a great evening. David Stolowitz regaling us with stories of acid. Yes. <laughs> acid stories are always entertaining to the people doing acid. <laughs> like that's pretty much it. There was, I, there was one time when I was at Burning Man. Uh, it was a long time ago. I used to have money. And uh, I was in the porta potty, and thank God I was on ecstasy. I came out and I said, Thank God I was on ecstasy. I wouldn't have been able to handle that shit. <laughs> like, it literally was like, it was hilarious because, like, I went in there, and usually I'm afraid of porta potties, anyways, but like, it was crowning. Do you know what I'm saying? With like, and I was like, I'm on ecstasy. I don't give a fuck. Yay! Drugs are great! Drugs are great. <laughs> Woo! Your next comedian hasn't done a lot of drugs recently because she's been pregnant a lot, and I don't think you're allowed to do drugs when you're pregnant. So that's, I don't know who's making the rules. It's one of the reasons I've never been pregnant, is I'm like, you have to stop doing drugs? <laughs> like, which ones? Can I take DayQuil? That stuff's fun. Put your hands together, everybody, for Kayla Keller! <laughs> ecstasy for the first time two weeks ago on a small boat in Petaluma and it was amazing and I realized I'm way too white and female to do drugs with people because there's always a weird point in the evening where I'm like are you guys gonna kill me why do you have a backpack is this where I die 
Ah, if only. But uh, but yeah, it was a good time. And I feel like ecstasy changes things for people. I feel like anyone who does hard drugs for the first time is like, this is so beautiful. Let's just do this every weekend and never stop. And then the next weekend, you're like, we should probably stop. We should probably stop doing this. <laughs> this is probably too much. I, uh, I'm trying to live within my means this year, like save a little bit of money, but my means are more just like in line with a Craigslist curb alert. Like that's more in my wheelhouse right now. And uh, I, I actually, I just pick up bags of clothes off the sidewalk and bring them home and just see what's in there and that's who I am that day. <laughs> and I found a weird bag one time and it was just like a pair of Abercrombie pants like delicately cut in an artistic and slutty way that had been like taken off, just like shucked off a body and like a shirt with a tank top still inside the main shirt. <laughs> just unwashed and I would just put them on and I was like, I feel like I'm wearing a dead woman's clothes right now. Like someone just murdered her and just gently, she probably did ecstasy on a boat and that's... <laughs> We just kept it moving forward. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm trying to save money. I like to go to Target a lot because I want to I wanna live an aspirational life. You know, and I go to Target and I'll just fill a cart with shit. Like I just, what, I push it around. I go down the end caps where all the sale stuff is. I'm like, Nate Berkus, 50% off soft-boiled egg cup. It's got some gold leafing on it. Yes, I could eat soft-boiled eggs every single day for breakfast to justify this $3 purchase. Put it in the cart. Put it in the fucking cart. Febreze, yeah, put it in the cart. Glade candles, I want my house to smell nice. I don't know, I wanna, be, I wanna be a good mom. I want my house to smell like cinnamon buns. Put it in the cart and I just push it around for a while until I just leave the cart because I'm a shopping anorexic. <laughs> I just leave that cart there and I'm like, someone will tend to it for $8. Someone will put all this stuff back. But sometimes I buy stuff, I do. I buy it and I take it home and I look at it and the deep shame washes over me and I have to take it back and do the walk of shame to the counter and I'm like, I have to return all this shit and they're like, is there anything wrong with it? And I'm like, no, just with me. <laughs> There's something deeply wrong with me and this is my shopping bulimia for you. I just return it all, but you just have it all back. I'm trying to take other issues I have in life and make them applicable, like eating disorder, let's make it useful. Let's use this to save money. I'm trying to get in shape too, I am. I was pregnant for three years straight, like three solid years, because I never wanted to get back in shape. This is a good body for a 27-year-old with three children. This is not a good body for a normal 27-year-old. It's like if you leave, it's not. If you leave a chocolate bar on the dashboard of your hot car, and then you drive away later and it cools down and you go to unwrap it and you're like, oh, this, this thing looked normal. But it's so fucked up in here. That's like me. Like I go to take my clothes off and they're like, could put the wrapper back, back on. This is misrepresenting what we thought. Like if I could just fuck in clothes and just cut a hole in the pants and we could fuck through the clothes, I just want to keep the dream alive for people. <laughs> I want them to feel like they're getting what they paid for. That's all I want. Because I'm, a, I'm not a feminist. <laughs> I want men to get what they paid for. <laughs> uh, growing up, like I never had the sex talk from my mom. You know, she was very anti uh, anything. She was very anti-life. She was anti-joy. She never had the sex talk. She was like, sex could lead to joy. We don't want that for you. <laughs> and she moved in with us recently and uh, she hangs out with my kids all day and she's always like, this is not my first rodeo. I don't need tips from you. And I'm like, I was there for the first fucking rodeo, mom. Which is why I'm very concerned right now. <laughs> I'm a leading expert on the first one. <laughs> and my daughter, like, she's learning anatomy, you know, and so she'll be like, what's this? I'm like, that's your elbow. She's like, well, what's this? I'm like, that's your knee. She's like, well, what's this? I'm like, that's your vagina. My mom's like, don't tell her that. I was like, maybe if you told me that, I wouldn't have three kids at the age of 10. <laughs> maybe if someone had mentioned my vagina, I would have known where those penises were going and could have made a better plan. But yeah, she did. She moved in with me and we were eating family dinner. I cooked family dinner. I was feeling very domestic, very feminine. I cooked this dinner. We sat down. The table was set. I was looking around feeling very proud of my accomplishments. My mom was like, this is just like when your grandma used to cook meals. And I was like, that's beautiful. I appreciate that. And she's like, she didn't cook with any love either. 
I know. And then she went in her room and played her Game Boy, like this surly 60-year-old teenager that she is. But luckily, she made me pay very good attention in high school English, so I'm just going to wall her in her room, like Edgar Allan Poe's A Cast of Amontillado, and wait as she slowly fucking suffocates to the sound of Pokemon. I hope she feels confident with her choice in Squirtle, because it's the last choice she's going to be able to make before she dies in there. This is a confession. If you see me in a courtroom, you can be like, we think she did it. We saw her with a microphone. She was very confident about it. Very confident about it. Uh, it's weird being a parent and having parents. I still haven't come to terms with it. I haven't come to terms with being in charge of three little people's entire life view. It's a lot of pressure. But I feel like I can take cues from, from what my parents did and what not to do. Like, my dad was the kind of dad that would high-five his friends if they checked out my ass. My dad was the kind of dad that did not get me a social security number until I got one for myself and then bought a boat in my name. So I feel like I had some good, solid choices. Like, I had nowhere to rebel. I, I had to get, like, responsibly monitor my credit score and have a low interest rate home mortgage offered to me just to rebel <laughs> from the questionable fucking parenting choices. My dad came in my room, I was 13 years old, and he's like, do you want to go to a Guar concert? <laughs> Let's just go to a Guar concert. For those of you who don't know, it's just like shirtless, heavy metal, spitting blood on a stage. I was 13 years old, I was very punk rock, this sounded very appealing. But I had to be a good teenager and be like, no, Dad, that sounds fucking lame. That sounds fucking lame. No teenager wants to do that. Now I just have to buy bulk Costco socks. Like, fuck you, Dad. I have to send my Christmas cards out in a timely manner so they get there on the 20th and people can enjoy them on their mantle in a timely manner. Fuck you, Dad. You don't know me, Dad. He's, he's fine. He's in Grant's past being very racist. He always invites me, I'll, yeah, slow clap, slow clap for racism. He, uh, he'll invite me, he'll be like, there's a, there's a barbecue going on, do you wanna come down to the barbecue? There's gonna be hot dogs, there's free soda, there's uh, crafts for the kids, you're gonna enjoy it, it's a great barbecue. A lot of like-minded individuals, like myself, between the age of 60 and 67, who also happen to be white. It's like, I don't wanna go to your clan rally, Dad, I don't feel like I wanna go to that, that doesn't sound like a good time. Oh man, I, uh, I, I'm becoming very conscious of my whiteness. I come to the city a lot, and where I live, there's no diversity. Like, I'm, I'm diverse. <laughs> <laughs> so I come to the city, and it's, been, a good, it's good, been good for the weight loss, because I park in bad neighborhoods, and then when it gets dark, I have to run back to my car <laughs> very quickly. But I just, I've, been, I've been countering just by being aggressively pale, like so aggressive that people on the street there look at me like in the tenderloin, and they're like, you should be way more scared. Why aren't you scared? Now we're scared. Are you gonna trick us into an Uber and steal our kidneys? Why are you, <laughs> why are you doing this? It's an aggressive level of confident whiteness. Oh man. I, I grew up in Marin City and I was the only person of not color and I think I, I remember celebrating Kwanzaa and gluing pieces of corn to, to cardstock while listening to like Marvin Gaye slow jams on the radio. And I'm just now realizing that that's not what all of you did. <laughs> did nobody else, right? It's only me. I'm just now coming to terms with that. I didn't realize for a long time. I was like, we all celebrate Kwanzaa, right? We love it. Oh, I don't know, you guys. I, I've been calling this week my mental breakdown tour because I'm trying to keep it funky fresh, trying to keep it light, trying to keep the suicides at bay. On the, you guys are like, this, this was fun at first, but now we're... <laughs> don't call CPS. There's plenty of kale in my fridge. My kids are fine. There's, <laughs> we have chickens. They free range. My son... Like, I've, I've gotten a lot more sympathy for men. Uh, where are we at with time, by the way? I feel like I'm just running your fucking light. Two, Two minutes. I've gotten a lot more sympathy with men since, since birthing a son because I love him. Like, he came from my body, but he's also low-key the patriarchy. <laughs> and he's just mildly oppressing me at all times. 
But he does this thing, like every time I go to change him, he'll just grab his dick and he'll be like, thank you. Like this look on his face, like thank, it's still there. Like I'm so happy. And that, that makes me appreciate like what men must go through. You know, every day, like that's intense. He doesn't even know what his penis is for. And he's so happy to see it. He'll describe it like, woohoo! I'm like, you have no idea, buddy. Don't tell your grandma you're doing that. She'll shut it down real quick. Don't mention your grandma. Uh, but yeah, he, uh, he's a good kid. I think that uh, for the most part, I love my kids. For the most part, I love my kids. But there's, there's moments when I'm just like, uh, I'm going to leave you here. I'm just going to leave you in this Costco parking lot. And you can fend for yourself. They, they can open a juice box. I think it's the time to just let them go, to just let them go and be free. I, uh, I'm going to get out of here in just a minute. But before I do, uh, we went recently, and we were hanging out at the park. And my daughter was like, uh, Mom, this kid keeps pushing me off the slide. And I'm like, I know, baby. All men are trash. <laughs> All men are just trash. And she's like, even my brother, he's only two. And I'm like, especially that fucking kid. He's <laughs> over in the corner with a tap-out shirt on, chugging a Red Bull. <laughs> We're going to leave him at the park. Hope he brought enough bread for indefinitely, because those ducks are going to be hungry. All right, guys, thanks. It's been my time. Yeah. Kayla Keller, everyone. Yay! <laughs> Teaching or reminding us that if they can if they can open a juice box, they're fine. Like absolutely, Capri Suns are difficult. I still can't figure out that. I have to turn it upside down and stick it in the bottom. Like I have no idea. The thin membrane, the strange thin membrane. We're supposed to spelunk with our straws. Your next comedian is the pun king of all punny things. Uh, he is. I love puns, so I'm going to be crying in the corner for like the next 10 minutes. We'll see how you guys deal with it. <laughs> Put your hands together, everybody, for Charlie Speak. Sorry, I had to open up the tap dance number because I just looked at this sexy stage and I was like, I could tap that. And I just did. With a number. LOL. OMG. HIV. Any letters really work on stage. Huh, I love HIV. See, HIV gets a giggle in San Francisco. That kills in Africa. It does. That joke kills like thousands of people a year. I know you're thinking there should be a vaccine for that joke. But you don't make money curing the joke. You make money treating the joke. Thanks, Obamacare. Uh, speaking of the liberal stuff, this one's for the ladies, both of you. <laughs> ladies, if you've got a vagina, and I know a lot of you do, and a boyfriend or husband who drives a Prius, then mathematically speaking, you've got two pussies. That's what you have <laughs> right there. Uno dos for our Mexican friends in the kitchen. You see, I don't even care if people laugh at that joke anymore. I wrote that joke 10 years ago. I've gotten amazing mileage out of the Prius joke. Okay. Oh. <laughs> it's electric. Halfway. It's halfway electric. Did you hear how quiet it got? That joke is still on. You don't even know. It was in the neutral. That's an applause break. I'm going to put that in my little mammal pouch. Save it for later. I guess a marsupial would have a pouch. Good times. That's a zoology lesson for the day. Speaking of zoology, I wrote a joke that I thought was revolutionary about a man blowing a donkey. 
But I'm not going to tell that joke, you guys, because I now realize that joke sucks ass. <laughs> really blows. It's like a really bad horse joke, but smaller. It is. Uh, speaking of horse penises, there's a president that's in the news, you guys. A little bit underqualified. I don't know if you've heard of him. His name is Jimmy Carter. That's right. My second favorite JC. I'm not an avid Christian. I just love junior college. I'm a big fan of two-year education. It's kind of my thing. And uh, Jimmy Carter is in the news because, sadly, he has been diagnosed with colon cancer. It's sad. But, hey, Pam, turn that frown upside down because I heard today that he's in remission from the colon cancer. Yeah, that's worth a little clap. So that begs the question, English teachers. If you have colon cancer and you're in remission, do you have semicolon cancer? <laughs> and if that made you pause, that shit was grammatically correct. It really was. City of San Francisco, I'm looking to open a couple of businesses, become more of an entrepreneur. My first idea is to open a gays-only golf course. That's right. I'm gonna call it Fruity Pebble Beach. It's gonna be a rainbow jacket when you win. It's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be 18 holes. They're all anuses. I'm kidding. Half of them are mouths with mustaches. I wanna keep it real. You have to putt from behind on each of them. And lube up, because it's a sand trap if you don't. Teeing up for some sexism. Good times. Now, I was kind of raised all over. I was born here, lived on the East Coast, moved to the South, moved back. And uh, I didn't even know what gay was growing up. I didn't even believe it was a thing. I was a gay-theist. I just didn't believe in it. But now that I've lived in and around San Francisco and I've had gay roommates, I'm more of a fagnostic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could be a thing. I believe it could be out there. Give me a couple drinks. See what happens. Speaking of racism, here it is. Uh, you guys have heard of celebrity couple names, right? Like Bradgelina, you know, Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie. I have two friends at work. It's a gentleman named Sloan and a girl named Avery. And I'd really like them to get together because their couple name would be Slavery. And that would be the best. That would be so much fun. And then if they broke up, I would be the one sounding like an asshole. I'd be like, oh, I miss Slavery, you guys. We're so cute together. Sloan, he's like, he would do all the work. You know, he never got paid, but, you know, America is built on relationships like that. But speaking of race, I myself am a white man, in case you haven't noticed. Therefore, I have phenomenal credit. But I did a little bit of research. I was paging through the annals of history, and I was wondering if people of my flesh tones could purchase darker human beings back in the day on credit, and if they had to pay cash or credit. And I found out, in fact, you could but only with one company, MasterCard. Uh, <laughs> MasterCard. You see, I slaved away at that joke. I really wanted to make it happen. That's one of the strong jokes. I could take it to the auction block. Hey, give it a few generations. That joke is going to get together with another racist joke and make an NBA joke later on. It's going to make millions of dollars. That's reparations for you. So that killed. Speaking of things that kill, kittens, kitty cats, I think they get a bad rap, you guys. They're called lazy by the masses. And I disagree because think about it. If you're a suicidal kitten, you have to work nine times harder than a depressed human being to end it all. 
That's right. And you don't even get to go to heaven or hell. You go to purgatory. That's what it is. <laughs> and purgatory is not just a land where Fergie ruins everything with songs. Trust me, that's a whole different thing. She's not like, oh, are we in the waiting room? I'm going to make this sexy for you guys. And then just ruin heaven. Making it all hell by proxy. Suicidal kittens. That's a joke about killing the same pussy over and 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 over. Speaking of which, I am married. There we go. Yes, Caitlyn Jenner, that's a transition for you. I am married and sadly, speaking of the cancer earlier, my wife, who's very beautiful and ethnic, was recently diagnosed with the case of Filipino breast cancer. Yes. See, I was feeling her boob, and there was a loomp, Pia. There's a loompia in there. It was tragic. Don't worry, you guys. We got it removed. It was delicious. We served it with some rice. But speaking of the race card, uh, I don't mean to come off as a touch prejudice, but I enjoy the taste of white rice a little bit more than the taste of brown rice. Does that make me a ricist? <laughs> Good, you guys aren't mad. I thought you were going to get steamed about that. I thought you were going to get steamed. Or you'd be confused. You'd be like, say what? Because that's what you cook rice in. New shit, new shit. Mm -hmm. uh, this was fun. So I was working in the hood. I work construction. You know, literally like the projects. I was in front of a housing project in Vallejo. And everybody was inside because they didn't want to get shot. And I had a bit of the allergies. Like I'm allergic to poor people. And I was just sneezing, and somebody opened their window to yell, God bless you, N-word, at me. I sneezed in the hood. They yelled, God bless you, N-word, at me. And that really made me feel down for a second. Like, I felt like I was so hip and cool with my allergies. But then I realized that my great-grandfather was a coal miner, and that maybe I could just say that word because I had the black lung. <laughs> that joke is so old school. I had to mine for that one. I really had to, I had to crush the coal to get a diamond. That sounds more like a Cupert zirconium, actually. Fun financial story. I was at work yesterday. That's right, I have a job. And I had to borrow a dollar from a coworker to purchase a payday candy bar. It was the cheapest payday advance loan I had ever taken out in my life. That was right. Zero percent interest like your interest in that joke. Bam! Made that happen. But I have great taste. You can tell by looking at me. Uh, I was in the mood for a slice of pizza from the Costco the day before yesterday. And I didn't know that you had to be a member to go in there and buy a $2 slice of Costco pizza. So I went in there. They rejected me at the door sent me to the membership station, and I bought the minimum membership. So I bought a $62 slice of pizza. <laughs> and it was very tasty. But now I'm like in Costco debt, so I have to spend extra money to justify that purchase. My nine-year-old son the other day said, Daddy, I need a new toothbrush. I'm like, fuck no, you don't. You need 36 toothbrushes. <laughs> he has a brush per tooth. He is looking very pearly and white up front. I'll leave you guys with this. Uh, smell a little bit of dating going on in here right now. A little bit of romance wafting into the nostrils. I like to smell that. Uh, I don't like what the young people have done with dating. They've created this phrase that destroys the romance. They call it Netflix and chill. Have you guys heard this? 
The gentleman doesn't say, I'd like to take you out on a romantic rendezvous. They don't use that wording. They just text, all caps, hey girl, let's Netflix and chill. Eggplant emoji. Like, I'm not a vegan. I don't know how I take all that in. But I am not a single guy. Sorry, ladies. No, we're not too far from the Castro. Sorry, gentlemen. I know. I know my market. But even in my swinging single days, I did not have time to Netflix and chill. Oh, no. I would DiGiorno and porno. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a cheap, convenient way to satisfy all your body's holes. Now, here's some laughter over here, and that's great. But I didn't hear any laughter from this side. So I'm wondering, with that DiGiorno joke, was it my delivery? Uh, it's not delivery. It's a DiGiorno joke. I'm sorry. That was cheesy. Extra cheesy. But you looked hot and ready, so I gave you a slice. Beauty, much like semen, is often found in the eye of the beholder. And I'm glad you've all come to see a great night of comedy. I've been Charlie. You've been audience. Have a great night. Keep it going for Charlie Spink, everybody. <laughs> Cleverest man in the Bay Area. I like you do puns. Sometimes when I do puns, I don't even know that they were puns. And then later, those are puns. Like I'm, I outsmart myself sometimes with my puns. I get lost. They call it Netflix and chill. I don't get it. I can never have sex with a movie on. Like, because I'm really interested in the movie. <laughs> like, I'm like, wait a minute. I did, what, what did they say? It's just like, you just, anyways, it's hard. I don't understand how those kids, they're of two minds. They can, they can multitask like motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? These young millennial weirdos. Netflix and chill. <laughs> I'm an old lady. I can do one or the other. Your next comedian, he is all the way from Atlanta, and he just moved here to San Francisco, and we are excited to have him here as uh, one of our newest people in the underground stuff and things. Yay. Hey, everybody, put your hands together for Clark Ferd. If they remember your name, Ferd Thank you. Thank you. It's Clark Franzman. She's close enough. Man, I fucking, I just moved here. I love being here. I listen to a lot of radio. Uh, my favorite kind of radio is Mexican radio. Uh, because if you don't speak Spanish, no commercials. <laughs> None. It's great. It's just exciting Mexican music that excited Mexican men. That's the whole station. <laughs> just driving to work. Like, it's going to be a good Monday. It's going to be a good Monday. <laughs> I, uh, I really like San Francisco. I just, I just moved there. I've been here six whole fucking days. I hope I make it six more. Uh, I feel like the original city planners of this fucking city were like, we are going to test the limits of the human calf muscle. Hey, <laughs> we're walking uphill to everything both ways. I don't give a shit. You better have good knees to live in this city. That, they should ask you that when you get off the fucking airplane. They should be like, do you have all your cartilage? Nope. Back to Atlanta with you then. Get, if you don't have good knees, go somewhere else. Fucking go to the Flatlands. I don't know. Uh, this is cool, man. This is a cool spot. I love doing stand-up. Yep. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I loved it. Stand-up is like the coolest thing I've ever done, really. You're all a part of it. Thanks for being a part of this cool thing. Uh, 
I never, I never really been cool before. Like when I was in college, like I was in a fraternity, but I was also a theater major. Like, have you guys ever been the loser in both groups of friends? Is that <laughs> my fraternity brothers are like, dude, you're a theater major, you're gay, man. My theater friends were like, dude, you're in a fraternity, you're gay, man. <laughs> Ooh, caught me. <laughs> Fuck. All right, well, that was the part of the set I remember. <laughs> Two and a half jokes. Real pro. Clark Franz been real pro. Tell your friends. Okay. I want to get um, a gun. <laughs> but like a wacky, silly gun. Like a fun gun. It should still be able to take life. That's the whole point of the gun. But like a fun gun. Like, like a harpoon gun. I feel like a harpoon gun would be fun. <laughs> you don't even have to get ammo for a harpoon gun. I'll fucking put one in your chest. <laughs> Walk over, pull a harpoon out, put it back in my quiver, be on my way, you know? Like, unless you're actually hunting whales, you're not going to lose a harpoon. <laughs> you just spend your Sundays fucking up dumpsters. Just, bah, 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 bah. Call me Ishmael! <laughs> like, maybe not as fun, but like a flamethrower? <laughs> That's... That's a brutal fucking weapon, first of all. That, that's the only weapon you could feel yourself get uglier as you're dying. Just, just like a minute of like, oh no, this could be a closed casket for sure, fuck. You guys know, you get, your skin gets burned up. You got it. All right, well, no one is gonna like this next joke. Here we go. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm from the South, I'm from, from Atlanta, Georgia, uh, and as any good Atlanta comedian, uh, I got a Jeff Foxworthy impression, all right? So here's my impression of Jeff Foxworthy figuring something out at a funeral, all right? <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> uh, if you first reaction to the news of the death of a loved one is relief. He, he might have been molested. <laughs> okay, that's Jeff Foxworthy <laughs> figuring something out at a funeral. I told you you weren't going to like it. I wrote it. I was molested, so it's fine. <laughs> Just kidding, radio listeners. And Uncle Charlotte. Nope. <laughs> I uh, I don't have any hair. Uh, you can tell because I'm wearing a hat inside at 9.30. That's, <laughs> that's for a reason. <laughs> it's either I'm planning a crime or I'm covering something up. Uh, what do you just wear because it matches your outfit? You fucking trendy piece of shit. <laughs> um, I, I, I never thought, like when I first realized... I was going bald. I never thought I'd be the guy to just cling on to my hair. Uh, and now I'm the guy uh, who is going to have a toupee collection. There's just no way. <laughs> and I, I, I tried to, I wanted to make that a Facebook status, and I didn't know how to spell the word toupee. <laughs> and so, so I Googled it, figured it out, and I went back to Facebook to make the status, 
And then immediately my sidebar was just two pay ads. It's <laughs> like, you are not going to make this easy on me, are you, Zuckerberg? God damn it. And you can say whatever you want about the fucking president, but you cannot hate that man's toupee game. That shit is entertaining at least. That's like the WWE of hair pieces. Like, is it real? Is it fake? I don't know. I like to watch the wind blow through it. Shit's entertaining. Uh, I didn't vote for him because uh, I am a convicted felon. <laughs> Could you tell? <laughs> Could you? <laughs> Um, it's not like a bad felony. I got, uh, specifically by this town's standards, I got caught selling pot uh, in 2011 in South Georgia, which is a felony. That's a big felony. <laughs> they really don't like that. Uh, I, had, uh, I had the Valdosta Drug Task Force Agency kick my fucking door in. I had 13 armed cops bulletproof vest, shotguns, stormed my home, just going like, where are the keys? Where are the pounds? I was like, I don't know. That's two different units of measurement. I don't know, man. <laughs> and I had to go to jail. And I fucked up when I was in jail. And I let him know I was a comedian. And immediately, like, oh shit, Clark, you funny dog? You funny dog? Tell some jokes, man. Make us laugh. And I was like, uh... <laughs> I don't really do too well in black rooms, so. <laughs> they laughed, they laughed, they thought the shit was funny. They're like, yeah, the numbers are kind of fucked up in here. <laughs> and I start doing my jokes. Come on in, boys, I'm just telling, I'm just right in the middle of a story, you didn't miss much. Uh, I start doing my jokes, and I was fucking crushing. I was killing. Uh, and then I told this joke, in jail, I'll catch you up. Uh, <laughs> I told this joke. I said, I hate when I see Jews driving Volkswagens. It's kind of like seeing a black guy drive a Crown Vic. Like, don't you know what that car has done to your people? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it didn't clap or any of that. <laughs> it was very quiet. <laughs> and like, when a joke dies in a comedy club or wherever the fuck we are, uh, <laughs> you feel sad, okay? But you don't feel unsafe. Whoa. I've never walked off stage after a bomb like, I need to go to my bunk and shut the fuck up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I do love getting high. I still get high. I'm off probation now. Still can't vote, but I can get high again. Uh, <laughs> what a great place to go. I love doing dabs. Dabs are fun. I love doing dabs. You know who else does dabs? My buddy Danny. My buddy Danny does dozens of dabs. I mean, it's dumb how many dabs Danny does daily. He's doing a delirious amount of dabs. He's always, you know who else does dabs? Uh, Danny's dad. <laughs> Danny's dad does double the dabs Danny does. I mean, it's dumb how many dabs Danny's dad does. Do not doubt Danny's dad does dabs. All right, dudes, don't doubt it. One day, Danny's dad discovered Danny does dabs, and now they do them as a duo. It is delightful. <laughs> I devoured a dictionary for days. Okay, all right, all right. I do love uh, doing actual drugs, too. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I love uh, cocaine, specifically. Does anybody do coke in this city, by the way? I know it's weird to ask that on air, but... <laughs> 
thank God. Uh, I'll be out there. Uh, <laughs> uh, I love doing, I'll tell you what I hate. I hate a bathroom without a mirror in it. You ever seen that? I was at this place the other day and where the mirror should have been, it just said, you look beautiful. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I, I know that. Okay. <laughs> what I don't know is, uh, is there coke all over my nose? I need a mirror. You just want to be the dusty nose boy? Are we have powdered donuts right now? Give me a mirror. <laughs> I love, it's not even my favorite drug, though, as much as I uh, am addicted to it. Uh, <laughs> can we take that off there? <laughs> I told my parents, listen, they're on the East Coast. They're probably not. Um, uh, I love, I think my favorite drug is acid. Uh, you just, this is a good acid town, right? It's got to be. It's got to be. I read so many books. <laughs> just, you get so much bang for your buck with acid. Like, you get a lot. Like 20 bucks, you know, that give me two hits of acid. That's plenty of fucking acid. 20 bucks of weed, what do you get? A little sleepy, all right? <laughs> 20 bucks of Coke, you get not enough Coke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 20 bucks of acid, you get to change who you are as a person. <laughs> that shit is wild. <laughs> $20 for empathy, oh my God. <laughs> All right, well, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you very much, San Francisco. I'm Clark Cranston. Have a good night. Clark Franzman, yay! All the way from Atlanta. Uh, there was something I learned when I moved to the city and I started doing cocaine and I had, a, I had a ring of powder around my nose. And what I learned is that if you've been doing cocaine for more than 24 hours, you don't eat your boogers, you smoke them. Yeah, you put them on a bowl and you smoke that shit up like an adult. You do not eat your boogers like a child. You don't put them on your gums and go, oh, it's sort of numb. Nay, put it on a bowl of weed and you smoke that shit. So that was a hard night of work and you should glean your efforts. You're welcome to San Francisco. Your next comedian, uh, he is from Phoenix, Arizona. Wow, and I'm super excited to hear what he has to say. Everybody put your hands together for Benjamin Edward Kaufman. Yeah, that's me. It's my turn. Uh, Muni Radio. Been thinking a lot about the Bible lately, right? Why didn't anyone ask any questions, specifically Noah, right? <laughs> Building that boat all day, like God, what is going on? Oh, do you want a hint? Yes, I'd, I would love a hint. How long can you tread water, little man? <laughs> that joke sucks dick. Let's all agree on that. Right? It does. But the thing about that joke is I stole that joke from another comedian. Usually when you do that, you get blackballed, you get banned from clubs, people don't like it. But the thing about that comedian is that comedian is Bill Cosby. And not for nothing, but what's he going to do? Press charges? Don't think so. That joke's mine now. I love it. I love coming to the city. I've been coming here pretty much every summer since I was a little kid, but I'm more of an East Bay kid. San Ramon, Richmond, what's up? And uh, it's the first time I've really been spending a long time here. And uh, Tuesday morning around noon, I feared for my life. Uh, all I heard was... And I'm on a balcony smoking a joint like North Korea got clever. <laughs> Fuck. They let us right into that one. And then after maybe 30 seconds of pontificating death, I hear, this was a test. Can we lead with that shit? 
We didn't want to start that up at the tip top of the lineup. We were like, let's give all the tourists a raise. Let's fuck with them a little bit. It's fun. I got to do a show at a dispensary last night. That was super fun. So cool. We don't have fun shit like that in Arizona. Uh, one day at work the other day, a woman turned to me and said, you know, I saw on Fox News they're making edibles look like gummy bears so that children will want to eat them. And it's like, bitch, let me explain something to you about this $30 bag of gummy worms that you might not understand. First off, one of these gummy worms is like one street brownie for those of us keeping track at home. And if I want to knock a child out for the afternoon, I give him NyQuil, like a responsible adult. Some of us are YMCA certified babysitters. Thank you. Number two, what does marijuana make you do? Marijuana makes you goofy. Marijuana makes you watch cartoons. Marijuana makes you want to eat cereal. Marijuana makes you want to take a nap. I don't need a kid to act more like a kid when it's under my direct supervision. Especially when we're just waiting for NyQuil to kick in. And number three, is I've never met a kid that's that cool that I want to smoke with. <laughs> I've never been talking to a nine-year-old and been like, yeah, man, Bradley Knowles is the Bruce Springsteen of our generation. You know, we were going to go hotbox the Subaru if you want to get greens. I want to hear a geopolitical stance on shit. You're chill, man. It's weird. Arizona's a really strange political landscape because it's mostly conservatives. And uh, conservatives are weird because their political arguments are defeated by their own arguments. And they don't see that, so all you can do is fuck with them until they leave you alone. Right? Like with abortion, like conservatives love to just pile the whole family in a Dodge caravan on a Saturday and scream Bible verses at women that are just trying to make the most difficult decision of their life. Yeah. Right? And they think that's going to turn it around. Like, buddy, this is an abortion. In Arizona, it requires two pre-screenings. There's a deposit and a cancellation fee. She's going through with it. She's not about to turn it around just because you waved John 316 as soon as she got out of her car. I've never heard a woman be like, you know what? We need to raise this thing just because she saw a picture of an aborted fetus next to a quarter. I think she's walking it through. And now what I have to do is I have to give up my Saturday and go down there and escort these women to and from their cars because these people get so aggressive and invasive about shit. And they do it under the guise of devil's advocate, right? Which is both, they get pissed when I play God's advocate, right? <laughs> like they're just, these women get out of their cars and they're like, devil's advocate, young lady, what's to say that your unborn child might grow up and cure cancer? You don't know. And that's when you just have to hold them close. Like, no, 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 no. Listen, let's play God's advocate. Let's weigh this out. This kid who's going to be addicted to drugs by 28. We are saving you tuition, time, and stress. Let's start saving for that yacht. Let's go. <laughs> Thai food after. Thai food after. There's just something about women accomplishing all their goals that makes them want Thai food. I don't know what it is. It's not abortions. I don't want that stereotype permeating the Thai community. Please don't do that. Um, or with like gender neutral bathrooms. I was stoked on gender neutral bathrooms because I was tired of doing coke alone. <laughs> it's bad enough I got these god awful wide shoulders and there's four of us in this stall because Marcy thinks the handicapped stall slash changing station is weird. Now you're calling me some sort of sexual deviant because Stacy's the only one with a compact mirror. It's not the case. I remember when I thought that I had a choice in what I see in public restrooms, but anyone that's been to a public gym will tell you you get no say in what skin folds you see in that locker room. <laughs> You don't. Like, I, like, it was the third grade, I remember. I used to go to the JCC back in the day. I'm sure some of you went to the YMCA. The Muslims have one, too. I don't know what the acronym is, but inclusion in 2018. <laughs> and for some reason, the powers that be decided that every JCC has to have a luck of, like, eight leather chairs and a continuous stream of Fox News so that every old Jewish man has something to vetch in front of. <laughs> and so one morning, I'm there, and the usual Jewish water buffalo tribe is there talking about whatever. And one dude, Herb, is still drying himself off. Except Herb has the community hair dryer. And Herb starts at the top of the dome and then hits the chest valley down the happy trail to the enchanted forest. And then he hikes a leg up on the sink and he hits the ball fro. Do you know, do you know where the ball fro is, sir? It's in front of the taint fro. Do you know how many fros did you hazard in there, man? 
four. And so I see this for the first time, and I just exclaim, what are you doing? And Herb just turns, and Herb's got a number right there. Right. And with eyes that have stared down the Nazis, he says, I'm drying my balls, buddy. Does that meet with your approval? And I've never been so scared for my life while making direct eye contact with a penis. But you change in the third grade. It's a time you evolve. You grow up. Um, I'm 25 years old. My friends and I are currently in two different camps. It's either we're settling hard or we're scared alone. Right? It's crazy. It's a, it's a weird place to be, especially on social media, right? Because uh, you'll be scrolling through your feed and you'll see, like, we're engaged, we're expecting, and you're like, which frozen pizza am I crying into tonight? <laughs> Red Baron, three for ten? Probably. But it's, it's weird to see that, too, because we never unfriend people on social media, right? So I saw a girl that I used to hook up with once who announced her engagement, and I was like, you can't be engaged. You tried to blow me in a frat house laundry room one time. You're not allowed to be engaged, but she is. She's registered at Bed Bath & Beyond. She goes beyond in the bath. Right? It's weird. And a lot of my friends uh, recommended for a long time that I try dating apps and stuff. And I don't like that because I'm Jewish. And the thing about being Jewish is we all secretly already know each other. My opening line on Tinder should not be, is your mother Esther Grabowski? Oh, good. How is she? <laughs> it's not how that goes. But my friends were like, no, Ben, there's a, there's a Jewish Tinder that you could use. And I'm like, that's fucked up. I'm not using that app on principle. And they said, no, 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 no. It's like a clone of Tinder. It works identically, but it's specifically for Jews. And I don't like that because Tinder is an app that gives you a group of people and makes you sort them. I like them. I don't like them. I like them. I don't like them. I like them. I don't like them. Right to left, right to left. And historically, Jews do not like being put in groups of people and being told we're being sorted right to left. That's not our thing. We don't like that. You didn't like that joke, man. That joke kills in Poland. Lighten up. Let's see where we're at. Um, but yeah, I... Uh, uh, yeah, and using my phone with Tinder, though, uh, I've come to learn that phones are gross. Phones are the weirdest, most disgusting thing that we own. I know what you're thinking. No, my official Ben Kaufman Comrag, available for purchase after the show, is way dirtier <laughs> than my cell phone. It is way dirtier than your official Ben Kaufman Comrag, available for purchase after the show, and I'll explain why. Uh, because phones are the first device in the history of man that allow you to... Uh, trade stocks, order pizza, masturbate, call your mother and take a shit. And depending on what Bluetooth accessories you own, you can do all five at the same time. <laughs> and when I'm talking about masturbating with your phone, I'm not talking about like, oh, I got the Pornhub app. It's awesome. I'm talking about apps that turn your phone into the Android rabbit. The Apple I came. If you're an iPhone user, it's just, a fun, it's just an app that just turns on the vibration function on your phone and just makes it a giant vibrator. Now do not download those apps, but if you're having a sad day, go read the reviews. <laughs> I just saw, I just read one the other day. It was a five-star app review for one of these apps. All it said was, this app was great for helping me to determine if my phone case is waterproof or not. It's not. I got to go get an OtterBox, but I'm using this app again. It's true. Uh, I would like to see more fire trucks and hip-hop. I know how you feel about the police, not fans, and I agree, but I want to know how you feel about our other first responders. Right? Like... Migos just came out with Culture 2, and I was very disappointed to see that not a single song featured any other first. Like, Migos could write a song about at least the EMTs, right? Summer, Carter, paramedics, because my mama having chest pain. She be in the kitchen, whipping, stirring on my diamond chains. That is golden. They can just have it. Shoot it just like the video for T-shirt. If you haven't seen the video for T-shirt, go home and watch it five times. They cook crack in the Arctic. It's amazing. <laughs> You think I'm joking. I'm not joking. Let's see what else. Um, 
I've started watching a lot of makeup tutorials on YouTube so that when me and my girlfriend fight, I win. Right? Because we all know how relationship fights usually go, right? It's a steady escalation of callbacks to the time where you fucked up and general insults until usually the man arrives at the C word. And fellas, I don't know if you know this or not, women are real pussies about being called cunts. They hate that. You can't do it. Take a different route like I do. Uh, my girlfriend will come in and start in on something classic, right? Like, why aren't we going anywhere tonight? It's like, because your wings are crooked. Where do you think we're flying off to? Right? You're embarrassing us and Urban Decay. Right? So she'll start to counter. No, you don't like that, right? So she's going to counter the classic callback, right? Well, we didn't listen to your father talk about Trump for three hours last night. <coughs> yeah, and your bronzer was two shades darker than it needed to be. The irony. Oh. So she's going to tear up. She's going to make a break for the door, and that's when you go for that kill shot. And you contour where you should highlight. Now, fellas, if executed properly, you're going to win every subsequent argument with this person for the next three months. Pat yourself on the back. But be prepared to forego oral sex for an additional five months. Relationships are about compromise. Right? Where else are we at? Let's see here. I've been thinking a lot about uh, what it's going to be like to get older. You know, we'll get out of here on this one. Um, and I've given it a lot of thought. At first, I thought, because uh, I want to make it easier on my family, right? Dying and going slow is never easy on your loved ones, so I want to make it more enjoyable. First thing I was thinking about was I'll start pooping at the dinner table, right? It's just a really simple distraction, right? Whenever someone starts in on me, and it's like, that's because, and I just shit. It's easy. Simple transition. They're my pants. No one's hurt. Uh, but then I had to start to think bigger, and so I've, I've, I've built out a pretty elaborate plan. Here's how it works. Sorry, hang on. I'm going to renovate the entire inside of my house, and it's going to look exactly the same, and my mind is slowly going to go until one day... I'm happy, but I'm not right there. And I go to my bookshelf and I think, oh, Shel Silverstein's Where the Sidewalk Ends, a book from my childhood, I think. Why don't we read that, reminisce a little bit? And we pull that book, boom, trap door, immediate trap door two, fireman's pole, fireman's pole two, airbag, right? Now I'm confused. I've got a lot of questions, but I can see a couple things. I'm in a dark cave. I see some sort of vehicle. I see some sort of dashboard with a red blinking light. And then I see some sort of suit encased in some sort of plastic shielding. And that's when I realized, you guys, I'm Batman. <laughs> right? So I go over to the phone. It's a pre-recorded message. There's trouble at City Hall. Get in your self-driving car, Batman. The city needs you. So I go to stop crime. The reality is I'm at Safeway punching bag boys in the face. <laughs> right? The reality is sad, but I look at it two ways, right? I can either... I can either live long enough to become old and decrepit or I could die Batman, right? That's my thought. I'm Ben Coffin. You guys have been fantastic. Thank you so much. Uh. Ben Coffman, all the way out of Phoenix. Keep clapping for him. Absolutely. Yay. Oh, so many wonderful things you were talking about. The Holocaust, Tinder. I mean, just all over the map. All kinds of things on fire. You know, you kids with your millennial apps and you're like, um, I have to meet people with the stuff. And they're like, oh, and you're on your profiles. You know, some people say raise the bar and some people say lower the bar. And I say meet at the bar, you dumb fucks. Like, what do you need the app for? Just go to a bar and meet somebody. Like, you need to screen them. Extreme vetting. Uh, you're, that's a Trump joke. For, anyways, you're, uh, you're, you're big headliner tonight. Hell yeah. Yes, he's a headliner. He's great at crowd work, crowd work. See, I can't even do your wonderful, beautiful, weird voice. Uh, you guys are going to love him. Put your hands together for Ian Levy. Yeah. 
trick to uh, headlining any show is uh, text the person who's booking it and say, uh, you are running late. And then you're instantly put headliner regardless of skill or ability. It's just really, that's all it takes. That's all it ever takes. I'm feeling, uh, I'm feeling good, guys. It's the first year of my adult life uh, that my dad did not do my taxes. So feeling good about it. Yeah, I think I'm pretty Because this year, my mom did my taxes. So I still got it. I still feel good. Pam gave me, Pam always gives very nice introductions. I like the introduction I got here. Uh, I will say, Pam, it's not the most memorable introduction I've ever gotten. Uh, right? Because I once had a host of a comedy show introduce me by saying, uh, this next comic uh, seems like he was homeschooled. <laughs> Uh, what the host of that comedy show didn't know is that I actually was homeschooled. Uh, I'm trying my best to fit in. And apparently, I'm doing something horribly wrong. So I don't know what people see in me. People accuse me of weird stuff. Uh, I had someone once say to me, hey Ian, you seem like you'd be very good at stilts. Now, two things about that. One, uh, I don't know what it means to be good at stilts, and yet somehow, still offensive. <laughs> Uh, and two, I am actually pretty good at stilts. I had a lot of free time homeschooling. I'd wake up and be like, second period stilts again. It was a good, you know. Sure, I wish I learned how to read, but you can't win them all. So, feeling pretty good about that. I think things are, things are going okay. I think I make uh, too many jokes in my dating life a little bit. I came across a woman recently, wrote on her dating profile, uh, only message me if you have a definition for consent. So I messaged her, and I said, I have a definition for consent, but I wouldn't want to force it on you. <laughs> and she uh, did not respond. So feeling, <laughs> still got it, feeling good about that. It was, it was pretty cool. It's a weird, it's a weird time trying to do the, the dating thing. I mean, you know, living in San Francisco uh, the other day, I was just uh, hanging out at like a, a dance club. Uh, you know, I go to them a lot because I call them dance clubs because <laughs> so, I'm like a really cool guy. <laughs> uh, but I was just hanging out. Uh, I was on one side of the dance floor uh, and there's this guy on the other side of the dance floor and the guy gave me a quick, he was like a, ha, 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 ha. Uh, and I just gave him a quick, a, <sighs> right? and he kept motioning over to me, he kept going, oh. uh, and I just kept going, you know, because right? I think he just thought I was shy or something, right? I didn't know how to communicate across a loud dance floor, like, I'm not gay! Like, <laughs> that's not a good look, right? But it's also hard to yell a more nuanced opinion of like, I'm not gay, but I support <laughs> your life decision. <laughs> By decision, it sounds like a choice. Like, I know you're bored that way. <laughs> I'm sure you're a good person. <laughs> or not necessarily, you can be a bad person in game, but not mutually exclusive. No, thank you! <laughs> That's hard to yell over Jesse's child, so I just don't, I don't know what to do in that situation. It's weird, I recently, uh, I went on a, a real date, uh, and the date went so well that the woman uh, is no longer returning my text messages, so feeling good about it. I told a friend this, and my friend said like, oh, you know, I'm not on the bright side, right? Uh, you can write a fun little comedy routine about being ghosted, uh, and I thought about this. I was like, you know, I, I would rather have a girlfriend. I'd rather have someone care about me and love me. I don't really care how funny the joke would have been. I just want someone to hold me from behind and tell me I'm gonna be successful. Like, that's what I want. I would trade the funniest joke I've ever written for someone going, your father's wrong about you. You will succeed at comedy. Like, that's, 
what I want. Maybe that's just me, though. I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. I think part of the problem for me, part of the problem with dating uh, is I don't smoke, right? Like, I'm not saying smoking's cool necessarily, but I do think uh, asking people, particularly women, if they have a light is a good way to, like, strike up conversations in the real world. Uh, so now what I've started doing, I haven't started smoking, right? Uh, I've just started carrying a sparkler with me at all times. Uh, so I can approach strange women and go, excuse me, do you have a light? often you may find this hard to believe uh, but I am single so hasn't worked yet but I got hopes my my dad recently uh, I can't find love but my dad recently got married right uh, my dad got married actually like a week ago we um, it's kind of a funny story actually because my dad got married to a woman whose name right her name is a no, my mom. <laughs> so things are going well. As someone once came up to me after a show and was like, uh, "Hey, I don't really like that joke about your dad." I was like, "Oh, if you don't like that joke, then maybe you shouldn't have a uh, marry my father, not my mom." And I stormed off on my stilts. So I'm just always on them. Very difficult to stilts angry. It takes a lot of fo- you got to really hate the person. <laughs> So much. I watched a uh, I watched a video online recently of a guy explaining that uh, God created men right to go out into the world and hunt and provide for their families, and He created women to stay home and take care of the families. But I happen to know that when it comes to uh, lions, right, it's actually the female lion that goes out and hunts and provides, and it's the male lions that stay behind with the children. Which makes me wonder, why do lions defy God? I just don't understand these blasphemous lions going against nature, going against what our good Lord has deemed our purpose in life, these anti-religious lions. I won't stand for it, frankly. Like just the other day, I was hanging out with a lion and it sneezed and I was like, bless you. And the lion was like, I'm an atheist. I was like, oh, fucking shit. I didn't realize I was so serious. I don't know if you know this or not, but lions hate all religion. Like a lion's favorite pastime is uh, drawing the Prophet Muhammad. That's just what lions love to do. I don't think it's okay. I won't stand for it, but those blasphemous lions. I really thought, like, oh, I'm going to get them with the lion stuff, but no, no. I was, you guys aren't on. Uh, that's fine. Uh, luckily, I have a lot more animal jokes, so we'll just keep I've been working on my uh, impressions recently. I have an impression of a sheep. Would you guys like to hear my impression of a sheep? Okay, well, sure. <laughs> a whistle? Who whistled? It was you? Okay, that makes it, me feel a bit more comfortable, actually. Uh, this is my impression of a sheep. Okay, my impression of a sheep. Uh, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. So, Stay woke, people. Come on. Wake up, America. What's that, you guys? More animal jokes? Okay. Let's see. Uh, do you guys know that uh, duckbill platypuses uh, don't have nipples? They actually, uh, yeah, yeah, the, they secrete milk. It just kind of uh, pours out their sweat glands. It just kind of seeps out of them, uh, and their pups, as they're called, lick it up. Uh, and according to the Encyclopedia Britannica, right, this is a process that's defined as gross. <laughs> so, uh, it's just disgusting, <laughs> icky. 
uh, some Spanish definitions define it as no bueno. So it is just not good. Um, I got a degree in broadcast electronic communications arts. Uh, thank you. Uh, everyone else, go fuck yourselves, I guess. That's, that's rude. I'm telling you about my life. Anyways, I got a degree in broadcast electronic communications arts, uh, which is a complicated way of saying to make lattes for a living. So feeling very good about that. Uh, it's true. I work at cafes. Someone came into my cafe the other day. I was like, hey, uh, I hear you guys have great reviews on Yelp. And I was like, I know. I write them. Like, obviously, like Yelp's not real. Are you high? What's going on here? But it's good. I like working in the cafe because I finally get respect, right? Like, the cooks in the back, they primarily speak Spanish, and they recently nicknamed me the handsome man, which is like pretty cool, right? Which apparently in Spanish is pronounced puta. So feeling <laughs> very good about puta, or they just point at me and yell, Blanco Diablo, Blanco Diablo. So I don't know what that one means yet, but it feels good. I'm sure they really respect me and we get along. It's a cool, it's a cool time. I had someone, people say weird stuff in cafes. I had someone, uh, it was actually a couple come in not too long ago, uh, and they were talking about why you should not vaccinate your children. Uh, and I decided to like speak up and tell them, I was like, personally, uh, I think all children should be vaccinated. And one of the women to make her point said, uh, do you have any children? To which she said, no. However, I also don't have polio. Um, and I'll just say a lot of stuff I say is stuff I made up. I really did this. <laughs> And those women were so not amused. <laughs> they were so not happy. But most of all, my manager was really not happy. <laughs> uh, and he pulled me aside. I was like, hey, Ian, it doesn't matter what crazy shit people say. They're paying customers. Just agree with them and take their money. So now it doesn't matter what you say in my cafe. If you come in and say you think the earth is flat, uh, I'm going to be like, hey, if you think the earth is flat, you're going to love these flat white mochas right over here. And delicious taste of ignorance. It was good. I got to be at, does anyone here, I, I don't know if this is childish or not, does anyone here uh, have a best friend? Uh, yeah, yeah. When, when do, uh, are you guys best friends? Oh, that's nice. When, when did you guys meet? Like, how old were you? Fourth grade. Fourth grade. That's fair. That's reasonable. I feel like, because there's like a cutoff where you can't have best, like, it's weird to be like, this is Jim from accounting, my best friend. Like, <laughs> it's very, like, there's like a point where you can't. So I met my best friend uh, when I was six, right? We were both six. Uh, we met at a, uh, there was a clown who came to a library, and that's where we met. Uh, and his name is Ian, and my name is Ian, right? And uh, like, when you're six, that's good enough. It's like, we have nothing else in common. Uh, and I've known for so long now that I recently got to be a, a best man uh, at his wedding, right? Which was really cool. But uh, I wasn't the best man. I was one of four best men. <laughs> And just to, in some context, so Ian, we're best friends, and there's like no one close for me, and and he has these other, have you ever like learned that your best friend isn't best friends with you? <laughs> like that is a hurtful experience. Like he's my best friend, and for me, I tie with three other people. Like it's not even, and I wasn't even the only Ian in his wedding party. <laughs> there was another Ian. <laughs> <laughs> that's rough, man. <laughs> that, that's hurtful. It sucks. It's weird seeing someone like that long start to be like successful or have a real life. Like he, uh, I, just standing next to him on his wedding day, like seeing him have, you know, everyone came there for him. Everyone's wearing and dressing nice. We're all like feeling very adult. And just to think that this is the same guy 
who I used to watch suck Stormtrooper action figures into his belly fat with no hands and just hold them there. And he used to also suck our, uh, our favorite uh, Jurassic Park action figure, who's a character who's also named Ian, because of course he was, is Jeff Goldblum. So that's not really a joke. It's just a true story of a thing that happened for me. Uh, well, you know, people told me, uh, I've always had people say, uh, dress for success, right? Like, dress for success. And then people seem to not take me seriously when I wear a top hat and monocle. I don't understand. <laughs> I, know it's, I thought that was the whole idea, to look wealthy. Uh, I talk to a lot of comedians, and comedians will, will, will a lot of, particularly guy comedians, do comedy bits about uh, not being able to find the clitoris, right? They're always like, oh, I can't find the clitoris, can't find the clitoris. I'm always like, guys, what even is a clitoris like i don't get it is it like a sock i lose those a lot is it like just a single sock is that okay i wrote that the other day and then i i told it earlier today and i was like i don't know if i'll ever tell this joke again i tried it again and now i don't know again if i'll ever tell it again so we'll we'll keep figuring that stuff out a little bit um i'm uh how how, how jewish are you like on a scale from one to jewish <laughs> Like pretty, Jew are, are both your parents I'm Jewish? No, okay. yeah, 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 fair yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. I I have so one. I have one father who's Jewish, which makes me debatably Jewish. I I, I always tell people that I'm I'm only kind of Jewish. You seem like you think I'm not Jewish based on that based on that that look. Uh, but fair enough. I, I, I feel like I'm kind of Jewish, right? Because I'm not religious at all, but I do control the media. So that's like how my little way of state and connect. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of uh, uh, Jewish. I, I qualify for birthright, so that's something, right? Like That, that, that kind of counts. That's bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I qualify for birthright. And uh, uh, I can't say that. Never mind. I'm gonna <laughs> I was, I was going to talk about some uh, conflicts in the Middle East. Read a book, guys. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I, I, the, the weird thing for me about not knowing if I'm a, a Jewish or not, well, I'll say like an experience I had when I was younger. Did anyone else ever have this when you were young? Like when uh, I was little, my dad took a string, right? Uh, and he tied one end of the string to me and he tied the other end of the string around a doorknob and he slammed the door, right? And that's why I was circumcised. So that was just a good, just a woo! It's like a. But it's weird because I don't, I don't know if I'm Jewish or not. But people who aren't Jewish think I'm Jewish, and people who are Jewish don't think I'm Jewish, which puts you in kind of like the worst of both worlds. There's not really. Like the except the the Jewish fraternity at SF State used to all, also try to get me to join, and I and I wouldn't like they would just come up to me and be like, hey, have you heard about our Jewish fraternity? And I was like, no, thank you. <laughs> I I once had a guy um, I'm going so far off material, but I I once had a guy after a show come up to me and I was wearing a uh, a Patriots. I don't follow football at all, but I had it was just a nice beanie, like it was warm and it was Patriots on it. And a guy came up to me, and he was like, oh, are you a Patriots fan? I don't know any Jews who like the Patriots. <laughs> All right, this wasn't someone I know. This was a stranger in a bar who thought that was an okay thing to say to me. 
and I didn't really want to do I was like with friends so I just told him I'm not Jewish and then he was like are you sure you're not Jewish and then he like he just like stared me down for a while and then this was this was like uh, the end of last year and finally he said he was like okay I'm gonna leave you guys alone have a like a good Christmas they turned to me and said or Hanukkah and then walked away so like, I feel like it's pushed on me. I also had uh, someone at a bar. There's another thing that happened to me once. This guy, I was sitting next to at a bar, and he was, uh, was started talking about uh, comedy, and he said, oh, who's the who's the, the comedian on uh, on HBO? And I was like, I don't know. There's a lot. And he's like, no, the, the Jewish one, the Jew. And then he like looked at me, and he squinted. I was like, not that there's anything wrong with that. And then I was just like, yeah, I was <laughs> It doesn't fill me with a lot of confidence the way you're saying that. It's, it's, people are weird, man. I don't, I don't know how I feel about the whole whole Jewish thing. I, I feel Jewish, so is that good enough? That that's a no. That's a that's like if if your mother said that about who someone you were dating, like eh, she's fine. Like that would be a she hates her. <laughs> Go get someone who's better at making matzo ball soup or something. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, uh, I don't know. I, it got weird there for a little bit. I don't, I was just trying to figure out my, my heritage. I don't, my, you know how Jewish I am. My parents uh, met in Israel, actually. They met on a kibbutz, which is pretty, and my mom is not Jewish, and I still to this day don't know how she got on a kibbutz. <laughs> You don't know, a kibbutz is just like, it's like a farm, it's like a commune that Jewish people just go and you work on a farm, you trade skills, uh, and you're you're 100% supposed to be Jewish. And my mom from Sacramento just ended up on one somehow, and she met my dad, uh, and my dad was dating my mom's uh, uh, roommate. Uh, and then my mom got sent a uh, fruitcake in the mail from my grandmother, and so my dad switched. <laughs> And now my parents are divorced because you can't build a marriage on fruitcake. So that is, we'll learn it's a real story. And my mom also joined a uh, 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 activist pro-Palestinian organization, which didn't really help things. <laughs> that had nothing to do with their divorce. It was that they didn't love their children. So. Uh, it's, it's, it's not, I, I actually had a very uh, loving childhood, so I, it's, it's all for comedic effect. Um, I'll, you know, I'll end on one actual, one actual dumb story that I, I've, I've been trying to get to work on stage, and it never does. Um, I was actually homeschooled. That's not a made-up thing. I went, I did a, I went to actual kindergarten, and then after kindergarten, uh, I essentially failed, <laughs> and my parents were like, fuck this, we'll just homeschool him. Um, and it's it's a weird thing being homeschooled because you get an alternative education where like you learn things that a lot of people don't know, but then there's like large gaps in my knowledge of things that everyone else does know. Uh, like I could tell you in great detail the difference between a catapult and a trebuchet, <laughs> like with historically accurate. I could probably build a trebuchet if I re I've watched enough PBS documentaries at this point. But off the top of my head, I can't tell you what like nine times seven is, because I never, I never learned my times tables because it wasn't because the way to learn it is just you have to just drill it in, right? Like that's probably how everyone did it in school. But my mom tried to do an alternative way 
she had um, an audio, a cassette tape of a man with a guitar who would sing the times tables to you in these whimsical songs. Uh, and that's how we learned the times tables. But the problem is, is you don't learn the times tables, you just learn the songs. <laughs> Which means, as a grown man, in my Calculus two final, in college, I was sitting at that paper going, 9, 18, and 27, 36, and 45, 54, and 63, 72, and 81, Nine of them. There's also lyrics. Round the sun. It was also written when Pluto was still a planet. Keep us counting. One by one. Nine of them. Round the sun. And counting them is fun. And that's how I had to do every problem on the test. And so I failed. No, okay. Thank you. I think that's what all I said. It's a weird place. We love you, everyone. Yay! Yay! You guys all, all been at Pam Tyson's Comedy Clubhouse. Before you leave, I'll leave you guys with one joke about learning about the Bible. I also have a questionably Jewish heritage. I was, I was raised very, very religious, though, and I studied a lot of the Bible. And uh, my favorite Bible verse is actually Leviticus 20.12, which is, if you sleep with your father-in-law, you should both be stoned. <laughs> I love to be stoned. Also, my ex-father-in-law, really hot, looked a lot, <laughs> looked, looked a lot like Barack Obama. He was a good-looking good guy. Uh, but I learned everything I need to know about being a feminist from the Old Testament, you know? It's so exciting to, to really learn from the Bible. Uh, there's two books in the Bible about women, Ruth and Esther, and both are so important. You know, what did I learn from Esther? She saved her entire Jewish people. You know about this. How did she do that? Was she clever? She's great at puzzles. Really great public speaker. Yeah, yeah, she had a hot rack and didn't look Jewy. Like that was, her name was Hadassah. They changed it to Esther. They were like, oh, Hadassah, that's way too Jewy. You'll never get with the king with that kind of name. They changed it to Esther, way less Jewy. Hot rack. Uh, and then the book of Ruth, where she was from another country. She married a Jew. He died in another country. She followed her mother-in-law. She went back to not her country, and she listened to her mother-in-law, and she married the old rich fat dude. It's in the Bible, Boaz, and there's a whole Bible verse about it where he says, you could marry any of my younger and better looking brethren. And she's like, no, I'm listening to Naomi, my mother-in-law, and I'm marrying the old rich fat dude because mama's gotta eat, you know what I'm saying? Like, Feminism, feminism, whore yourself out to the highest bidder. Thank you, God. Thank you for teaching me everything I need to know about being a woman. I love the Bible. It's just so progressive. Uh, I met, I, I'll, I'll close on this, it's not even a joke, but I met a rabbi the other day, and he wouldn't shake my hand, and I didn't really understand it at the time. I thought like he was like a germaphobe or something. But no, it's that women are so powerful that men are not allowed to touch them because they might lose their whole psyche and like, rape them or something but it's so rabbis aren't allowed you're not allowed to touch a woman because women are so it's like a reverse it's like a power thing for women but it's also like that it's like fat it's like they're so powerful 
that we have to have sex through a sheet because we can't touch their bodies because they're so mighty. It's the weirdest like backward feminism misogyny I've ever encountered. I'm like, do I want to be a Jew? I don't, I don't know. Um, thank you guys for being here at Potassus Comedy Clubhouse here at Mutiny Radio. We've had a great show. We've had a really, and, and thank you audience people who are not comedians for all being here. That is so amazingly exciting. Because if we're not here, then, then we're just, then, then this is group therapy. That's, that's what this becomes. So thank you so much for supporting Mutiny Radio. Uh, we've got shows all the time. You can download everything on the internet and uh, clap it up for yourselves. Yay! Yay you! Uh, so come back another time. Yay, bye! of swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-face McRat. <laughs> Hey everybody, listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Good
evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> you down to Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco at 806 South Van Ness. Uh, we've got great food by our kitchen counter offer, burgers, tater tots, tachos, corn dogs, all sorts of good stuff like that. They're open from opening until 11 p.m. most days of the week, except Saturday. Every Saturday night, we've got live rock and roll, some of the best local bands in San Francisco, and touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m., rock and roll, only night of the week. We have a $5 cover charge, always 5 bucks for live rock and roll. We're open from 4 p.m. until 2 a.m., Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 2 to 2. Come on down, have some drinks with us. We've got Whiskey Wednesday, Tequila Tuesday, and we've always got the Steve McQueen special, a shot of bullet bourbon and a can of California lager for 8 bucks. Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open uh, in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shout. Drop by the bar, make some friends. Thanks, folks. Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District, San Francisco, California. 
with a happy hour every Monday through Friday until 7 p.m. Don't miss it. Go to Bender's Bar. Big supporter of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. Oh, yeah. It goes down. Come smoke with your boy. Grinder. Spark is San Francisco's premier cannabis dispensary with a focus on serving and educating patients for seven years. Spark is dedicated to creating the best in-store experience with its extensive menu, friendly staff, and one of the few cannabis vape lounges in San Francisco. Spark welcomes you to visit its two great locations as a medical patient or for recreational adult use in 2018. Spark is located at 1256 Mission Street between 8th and 9th and at 473 Haight Street at Fillmore. Both locations are open until 10 p.m. every night. Spark staff looks forward to serving you. Coming at these bitches and all these snitches, hitting switches, going back to bitches. Rainbow Grocery, a worker-owned and operated food cooperative located at 1745 Folsom Street in the Mission District of San Francisco. Let's hear what locals have to say about Rainbow Grocery. Their bulk section is dope AF. I love their their variety of cheese and home decor items uh, and this of unique items that you can't find anywhere else. Their cheese section is insane. I love Rainbow Grocery because it's the number one grocery store to shop at when you're having a potluck and need to fulfill everyone's dietary needs. They don't have meat. Rainbow Grocery Cooperative, an amazing San Francisco staple since 1975. For all your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to timstesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bare exoskeleton Contessa. And check your horror horoscope on Horoscopia. Updated every three parsecs. Timstesseract.com Timstesseract.com So you want to be a comic? It's not as easy as we make it look. But that's because Mutiny Radio has eight hours a week of open mic stage time for all your comedy workout needs. Strain those improv muscles every Sunday from four to six at Getting Sketchy with David Stolowitz. Press out those new jokes every Monday, 6 to 8, on Joke Workshop with four-minute sets and four-minute critiques from everyone. Get positive by host Pam Benjamin. Pump those dick jokes every Thursday, 7 to 9, with True Hustle Thursdays. Hashtag THC. That's hashtag THC. You want more open mics? Fridays, 6 to 8. Happy hour with guest host and George 
D. Smith. Pew, pew, pew. Four open mics every week at Mutiny Radio, brother. work and take a seat at Asiento, a great place to meet friends, have delicious tapas and drinks, and relax with your neighbors. Located at Bryant and 21st Street in the Deep Mission, Kitty Corner Block from Mutiny Radio. Come and get a drink during the Comedy Festival and enjoy happy hour pricing all night long with your festival ticket. A great neighborhood bar. Come take a seat at Asiento. The Roxy Theater is San Francisco's favorite nonprofit art house cinema, bringing you the best, coolest, weirdest, most thought provoking movies of the past, present, and future. Hands 